You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Griffin says, as part of this investigation, they found the American election system works. We ought to have a great deal of confidence and a great deal of pride in our election administration system. But the issue is still brought up by the former president. The election was rigged and stolen. And on the campaign trail. We can't move on past 2020 because we don't actually know what happened. With midterms just four months away, these conservatives say that approach is a losing strategy for the GOP. It's going to depress Republican turnout. That if voters come to think their votes don't matter because the results are rigged, they'll stay home. And I would point out as well that uh, if Americans on both sides, because both sides have been pitching this, that the fix is in, we didn't really lose, he's an illegitimate president, whatever. If both sides keep that up. Things are going to go to S. I mean, in a serious way. It's time to quit playing. And I know some of you sincerely believe the stop the steal stuff, and I'm not going to be able to convince you otherwise, so I'm not going to waste my time trying. But um, continually claiming elections are illegitimate is a good way to start a cycle of horrible violence. And it'll be difficult to recover our sanity if we go down that road too far. Um, you know, at the, I don't want to talk about Trump per se much, but uh, every time we talk about Trump as president or running again or whatever, um, I'm reminded of a long list of stuff he got right or wrongs he righted or, or fixes that he got going. I mean, and and I've you know I've forgotten about some of it, and I'll be reminded of it, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's right, that was great, that was a great policy, and the judges, come on, the judges, enough said there. But have you ever gotten away with something in your life? 
or you went out on the edge a little too far and you could have gotten killed or hurt really badly, but you saved whatever it was in the nick of time or caught a lucky break or somebody grabbed you or whatever. And you pant and think, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I almost I almost died. Sometimes Trump feels a little bit like that to me. We got away with it. But he's too dangerous a guy. And and the reason I think that, and I've said it many times, is that I don't think he values the the Constitution and the continuity of the country and the republic. I think he's too self-centered. Now, I hear some of you yelling at your radio already. Oh, yeah, because the left is constantly trying to tear down the institutions of the country, blah, blah. You're absolutely right. And that's why I fight against them so hard. The idea of packing the court and ending the filibuster, calling the filibuster uh, a a relic of the Jim Crow era when the Democrats have used it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah, I know. Absolutely right. But I, I fight against it wherever I find it. If somebody starts to tear at the bedrock foundation of the country my kids are going to be grown up in, i got to be against them. Even if I like their immigration policies, for instance. So having said that, and again, if you disagree, that's fine. I understand that. It, it doesn't threaten me. It doesn't make me angry that some people disagree with me. Um, there are new Steve Bannon tapes out. And we could talk for half an hour about Steve Bannon. He is a fascinating guy. Brilliant. Brilliant. But what his goals are exactly aren't clear to me. I uh, I read one of his uh, a longtime friend and associate who finally broke with him said he's literally an evil genius. So I don't know. Anyway, but these new Steve Bannon tapes are out, and he's going to be called before the January sixth committee. In fact, they're going to try him for flouting the st- subpoena. That probably won't go anywhere. What do you, what happens if you do that? What is like a, a speeding fine? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, but they are going to drag him before the committee, and he said, "Yeah, okay, I'll uh, I'll testify." At least for now, he said that. But here's the really interesting part about the Bannon tape. It comes from uh, Halloween night, 2020. So we we can have two weeks before. Uh, no, it's just a week before the election. In which he's talking in detail about how President Trump would claim victory on election night, regardless of where the vote count stood. What Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? Bannon told associates. He's going to declare victory. That doesn't mean he's a winner. He's just going to say he's a winner. As it sits here today at 10 or 11 o'clock, Trump's going to walk into the Oval, tweet, I'm the winner. Game over. Suck on that. Now, this isn't the first time we've heard this sort of thing. Um, uh, Axios's Jonathan Swan, who's a terrific reporter, reported last year that Trump had told advisors he would declare victory if it looked like he was ahead at the time, even if the outcome wasn't final. And even as voters were voting on Election Day, Bannon on his podcast publicly echoed his private prediction that Trump would claim victory between 10 and 11. And you remember Trump wanted to do that, and a bunch of his advisors more or less tackled him and told him not to. But here's what the new comments add to the record is what what Bannon might have been going for. So... Just like when he was talking about Trump's premature election victory declaration, all hell could break loose on January 6th. Um, I'm sorry, I'm skipping around here and and doing it poorly. On the tape, Bannon acknowledged something emphasized in the Axios story and other places, including on the Armstrong and Getty show, that it was quite possible that Trump would be ahead on election night because his voters were more likely to vote in person. 
and more Democratic-heavy mail ballots are counted later, sometimes even you know a day or two later, uh, something dubbed the Red Mirage. And Bannon on the tape came out and admitted that Trump would seek to exploit this misleading setup. And and by the way, those of you who are like, Trump was ahead on election night, that he wasn't, it's a fix. No, everybody knew, everybody in politics was talking for weeks about the fact that uh, Democrats are the huge majority of uh, remote voters, absentee voters, mail-in voters. Everybody knew that. Anyway, Bannon conceded that, of course, that's true, the Red Mirage, and he came out and admitted that Trump would seek to exploit this Red Mirage. Quote, more of our people vote early. That count, there's vote in the mail. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of that. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner, and that'll set off a firestorm. We're going to have Antifa crazy, the media crazy, the courts are crazy, and Trump's going to be sitting there mocking, tweeting S out. You lose, I'm the winner, I'm the king. Bannon also added, quote, also if Trump is losing by 10 or 11 o'clock at night, it's going to be even crazier. Now, Bannon doesn't come out, now I'm quoting from, this is the Washington Post, I guess. Bannon doesn't come out and describe the uh, why the firestorm, why Bannon wants the firestorm. You know, what purpose is served by inflaming Antifa in the media, other other than that it's fun? And it, it is fun. Um, but there are other earlier Bannon comments suggest that, that suggest that perhaps he saw some real utility, a purpose in manufacturing the firestorm, and that he'd been eyeing January 2021 all along. Now, he did an interview with Showtime's The Circus political uh, show in October, early October, about a month before these comments, Bannon predicted there would be such uncertainty that Congress would be forced to decide the election. Bannon couched it in terms of Democrats supposedly seeking to overturn the election by counting mail ballots that he described as uncertified. So what he was saying is Trump's going to win narrowly, but the Democrats are going to try to twist it that he he lost. Um and the practical effect was predicting a situation a lot like what happened on January 6th. He even used the term firestorm. Quote, it's going to be crazy lawsuits on naked ballots on every different aspect of it. With this scale of votes, we'll go into January, and that's when the firestorm starts. John Hylam and the host pressed him on what seemed like a crazy idea. Was Bannon really saying the election would be decided by Congress two months after the election? And Bannon predicted right before noon on January 20th, in a vote in the House, Trump will win the presidency. Now, it didn't get past the night of January 6th because Vice President Mike Pence and enough Republicans snuffed out the idea. Uh, they weren't, uh, he, uh, Bannon and Trump and company weren't able to create enough perception among Republicans to go along with the, the plan. But that was the idea. That was the idea make things so crazy, such a firestorm, that it gets thrown into the House of Representatives and they vote on who's the president, which uh, the Constitution calls for if there's not a winner and blah, blah, blah. Um, And that was the idea all along. Now, the great strategizer Bannon, the great uh, Trump ally, talked about this for months prior to it happening Sometimes on the air, sometimes in private. So if that's not what was going on, somebody explain it to me. 
you've got the architect, quote-unquote, admitting to it in advance. You know, my, my final thought, oh, if, if you disagree, you're outraged, whatever, drop us a note, we'll read them, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, and if we missed something that's, that's serious and true, not some sort of Rudy Giuliani fever dream, but something that's actually true, we'll pop it on the air, we'll put it on the air, we'll acknowledge it, but I will tell you this. If we go Steve Bannon scorched earth, conservatives will lose elections that could easily be won. And Supreme Court justices who make Stephen Breyer look like a conservative will get on the court. And the welfare state will get more bloated, more inflationary spending. Make it harder and harder for businesses to do businesses and for you to build the American dream. Your kids will be indoctrinated in critical race theory every minute they're in school. They'll be taught to hate their parents. They will be taught that little boys are actually little girls and vice versa. And anybody who questions that is a hater. Policies you despise will sweep across the country unless we, conservative America, liberty lovers, call yourself whatever you want to call That sort of stuff will sweep the country unless we focus on the future, people's lives, their pocketbooks, the economy, national security, immigration. Not fever dreams of 2020. The future. I stand by those words. Stay with us. We have people that clean for us. We have people that make our food. We have people that drive mm-hmm. us to the airport if we need that. You know, we get off the we get off a plane mm-hmm. and there's people waiting there for us and we get ushered in. And it's just that's my kids' reality, which is the hard part to say, guys, this is not the way reality really is. But I think we can try to create experiences that are more along the lines of what most kids go through, even though they'll still have experiences that a lot of kids never do have that is goat tom brady talking about the challenges of raising children when you are super rich yeah i know i know the obvious knee-jerk thing is to say yeah well yeah try doing it when you're poor which is a good point (laughs) and it's a legitimate point to make but yeah, I don't. I, I I never will have that problem. I guess, and well, I certainly didn't when my kids were small. Although, you know, I guess by the time uh, my youngest was like going to college, we were doing pretty well. The show was doing really well, and uh, it's funny. There's a long running joke in my family because my little brother is about six and a half years younger than me. Um, and uh, by the way, I have never had my own room. I shared a bedroom when I was a very small kid with my sister. And then when we moved to the crappy apartment with mushrooms in the floor, because it would flood, uh, mushrooms in the carpet, um, my brother was born immediately. And then as soon as he was out of my parents' room in the bassinet, he moved in with me and my sister got her own room. We moved to a house. Blah, blah, blah. So I shared a room with my little brother, brother growing up. Then I had roommates in college. And then I got married. So I have never had my own room. <laughs> anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, 
Oh, uh, long-running joke is that, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we had no air conditioning. It got hotter than hell in Chicago summertime. And and I played golf at crappy little muni golf courses, hitting abused golf balls on the range, because I was just freakishly in love with golf since I was a little kid. And uh, And by the time my brother was of high school age, he and my dad made a trip to Pebble Beach. So I was like, what the what? But uh, anyway, never had the the problem of how do you convince your kids it's not normal that we take Daddy's Gulfstream Five uh, and are met by the limo everywhere we go. I, I can't even imagine. I I suppose it's like hearing somebody explain the challenges of being eleven feet tall. I just I can kind of sort of imagine what it's like, but not really. Quick story for you um, of of I think some significance. Do you remember the WikiLeaks leak? 2017. The guy who did the leaking finally just got convicted of uh, a bunch of different charges, theft, theft of classified information, that sort of thing. He'd been tried before and was found guilty of some fairly minor charges, but the jury hung on the the uh, on eight of the ten counts. And so this guy, 33-year-old Joshua Schulte, who the top prosecutor in Manhattan said engaged in, quote, one of the most brazen and damaging acts of espionage in American history, uh, was convicted of a bunch of charges and will be sentenced. He could spend many, many decades in prison. Um, according to the prosecutor, he was, well, his spin, WikiLeaks spin, was that the CIA had these capabilities that were way too nasty and they were going way beyond their mandates surveilling the wrong people in the wrong way and, and transparency demanded it be exposed and some of it was admittedly pretty troubling um uh, uh, some of it was way too much um disclosed but according to the prosecutor at least this guy just had uh, he was pissed off at the cia for fairly mundane workplace disputes and unhappiness the way he was treated by his bosses and 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 that sort of thing. And so he did that to get back at the CIA. He was not some, you know, so, super ideologue or foreign agent or anything like that. He was just uh, pissed off. Um, one aspect of this, it's at, at the very end of the article, um, is they go through all the counts and the, the whole story and all, and then they say, Mr. Schulte still faces a federal trial stemming from what po- prosecutors say were more than 10,000 images and videos of child pornography that federal agents found on electri- electronic devices in his home in the course of the Vault 7 investigation. And I, I don't mean to be paranoid or anything, but the whole point of this, the leak in the trial, is that the CIA has such astounding abilities to get into everybody's computer and everybody's smartphone and everybody's network, and they can do it at will around the world. And this guy has child porn on his computer. I'm not saying they did it, but you got to at least wonder a little bit, huh? The fabulous Mike Slater coming up in a moment or two. We'll chat about the events of the day. Stay with us if you can. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you for being here. Glad you're here indeed. Remember, if you ever miss a chunk of the show, you can grab it via podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, wherever podcasts are doled out, certainly at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, it's always fun to talk to Mike Slater. He's the host of the Mike Slater Show on the mighty AM760 in beautiful San Diego, California, noon to three. Also a host of the True, True Story with Mike Slater on the First TV Network, the author of a couple of fine books and a great dude. Hey, Mike, how are you? Joe, how are we doing, bro? I think about... That uh, Tom Brady clip, that that problem all the time. And I was thinking about it last night because my kids, we made a delicious dinner. It was like phenomenal dinner. And then afterwards, we made strawberry muffins. And these kids are here like basking in luxury that no <laughs> child has ever basked in before. And they want more. You know what I mean? Like it's not enough. And And it's like, kids, you don't even get it at all. You have no clue and that's a problem. That's that's the Rocky movies, right? Rocky one, of course, he's poor and you know can't do anything. Right, he's scrappy. And then Rocky three, he's he loses the eye of the tiger, Joe. And then he's got to go back to Apollo's gym and get tough. Right. Remember that scene he, he goes he goes back to Apollo's gym and it's like it's in the basement and it's just packed with these jacked guys. Uh, and uh, 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 Apollo goes, "This is where I first trained." And then Rocky's brother-in-law goes, "That's your problem." And but that's he had to get tough again. And then he won it, right? But, like, we're losing that. We need to be more like Rocky 1, not like Rocky 3. That's my point, Joe. Well, as a society, number one, you had me at strawberry muffins. Are you mm, kidding me? Better than blueberry, Joe. That's the oh, thing. No oh, one knows. wait now. Wait now. No, I'm telling you, bro. That's some strong talk. Well, that's uh, one of my so many controversial opinions. I, I tell you what, I, I think you can make a difference around the edges, but... The whole truism that good times make for soft people and soft people make for bad times and bad times make for tough people and tough people make for good times. They're just, I'm not sure to what extent you can avoid that cycle as a society. No, we uh, were just talking on the show the other day about this Greek word, uh, malakos. It means uh, soft. Uh, hmm. It's an old concept of being soft. And Aristotle talked a lot about it. Paul wrote about it in First Corinthians. And it's a problem like you're raising your kids to be soft and luxurious and and uh man they, that's such a handicap to 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 raise kids who don't have the drive 
to work and know what it takes and to literally not know where food comes from. I and mean, we get our food delivered to the front stinking door. Like it's one thing to be disconnected from food growing in the ground and you have to go to a grocery store. Now my kids right. think food just magically appears at the door. Like, like we're, we're raising our kids to be very soft. I read, uh, you got to read it, Joe, if you haven't already. I bet you have. Uh, Clarence Thomas's uh, book, My Grandfather's Son. No, I've just read a couple of excerpts from it. Oh. I haven't read the whole thing. Fantastic. But just one oh, yeah. quick point. He grew up with his grandpa. He was dirt poor, like literally grew up on dirt floors in Savannah, Georgia. And he went to go live with his grandpa who had an indoor toilet. It was the first toilet he's ever seen in his life when he was like 12 years old. But his grandpa purposefully moved the family to a farm just so that Clarence and his brother could work on a farm and grow food and, and get blisters. They weren't allowed to wear gloves, right? And, they, and like, when they delivered, they also in the, summer, in the wintertime, they delivered oil uh, to people to heat their houses. And the grandpa took the heater out of the cab of the truck because he didn't want his boys to get comfortable wow. <laughs> inside of the truck because he didn't want him to be soft. And we are a soft people. And, and to go back to your point, I'm grateful for the hard times that are to come in this, you know, take that in the spirit. I mean, it because, and I'm grateful to raise kids in this time because we need, we need strong men again. And it's hard to raise them when times are too good. Yeah. And strong women too, who aren't running around screeching about, uh, you know, critical theory, this or gender theory that, but, uh, understand that, you know, a strong woman is the backbone of the American family too. So, um, you know, it's funny looking back on raising my three kids, that was such a difficult question slash series of decisions because all three of them were on the college track for different reasons. They have different interests and talents and stuff. Um, and, and the academics were so demanding. My instinct was to make them get a part-time job. But, for instance, my kid now who's on the law track, I, she spent every freaking second of her life trying to excel academically. And, you know, she's, she's tough and hardworking. But I just trying to figure out how to bring out that that toughness and resilience in your kids and it varies kid to kid that's one of the tougher parts of being a parent or it was to me it absolutely i mean mine are five four two and one more on the way it, it's it's truly Is the, the uh, two-year-old got a job yet he's <laughs> gets pull your weight around here kid you're cute but not that cute <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like I don't know. I I struggle with it a lot, and and I contemplate going and living on the farm. But I don't want to do all that work. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. Oh yeah. Work, Joe. Working on a farm. Yeah, I hear you. Well, doing a talk show is hard work. You should see my calluses. Your yeah. fingertips, where I type on your, on your fingertips and your derriere. I know. Whoa, <laughs> my my posture, my posture, Joe. I know. It's, like posture, please look at this about. belly. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, let's talk semi-seriously about uh, one of the big issues that's confronting so many cities in America, especially blue cities, um, almost exclusively blue cities, and that's the so-called homeless crisis, which is, to a large extent, a drug abuse crisis. Mm-hmm. It is also a mental illness crisis. And, you know, if you have kids of young adult age, as I do, housing is incredibly expensive. That's not the cause but it's in there somewhere. Uh, how do you approach that question when you're talking about it on your show? Well, you, I, I stole it from you, truly. Uh, and I never thought to categorize it into three different categories. The, eight, one, the person who gets kicked out of their loses their job, gets kicked out of their house. Very, very small mm-hmm. number. If that's the case, you moved to Arizona or whatever. Uh, that's what I did over and over again, by the way. Of course, you move. Like, why did that? Why right. can't we? Like, of course, we can't all, afford to live happened. here anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's always happened forever. As people move to where they can live, uh, and it's mentally ill and addicts, and it goes back to the fifties and sixties. There's this big deinstitutionalization, deinstitutionalization effort. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen the Geraldo Rivera report of, I think it was Willowbrook in Long Island, 
about mm-hmm. this, where the people, the mentally ill people were, oh, it was like horrific. And after that, it was like, let them all back on the streets and we'll just pump them full of drugs and everything will be fine. And here we have that experiment and we see the fruit of it. The, the crime is out of control. You saw the Starbucks CEO closing 16 stores. Uh, he's like, these mm-hmm. were profitable stores and we shut them down because the crime is out of control. Uh, one woman here in San Diego, she owns a bar downtown. She says, I can't offer anybody a salary that's worth their life to come and work for me. Right. <laughs> How about that? People can't, yeah. they, like, employees won't, literally won't walk down. There was an Olympian volleyball player who was hit in the head with a crowbar walking downtown LA the other day. Uh, I'm sure you saw the story in Philadelphia. These kids were, uh, this is a little different than homelessness, but same idea of just like callous disregard for life. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the kids, you know, the, a 10 year old was arrested for killing a, an elderly man in the streets of Philadelphia with a traffic cone. Well, it's just like, it's like total chaos. And we've gone from having uh, you know, people in insane asylums or whatever you want to call them um, to now we just have a cycle of the streets, the hospitals, and jail. And now it's less and less jail. So it's just hospital streets, hospital streets, hospital streets. It's unsustainable. Well, right, and it's almost impossible to cover this topic in a single segment, but uh, I think what we have a, a rash of is the the disaster of low expectations. I mean, for instance, uh, and, uh, I'm sure you came across that piece, uh, why uh, or how San Francisco became a failed city uh, that was published in The Atlantic. It was absolutely brilliant, beautifully written uh, by a, a lefty gal uh, and a terrific writer, but um, she she talked about how as she looks at the addicts twitching on the street, that's not compassion. We are easing young people into death on the sidewalks, and I thought that was a, a beautiful sentence. And I just I think for whatever reason of misplaced compassion, we're not asking of people that they fulfill their obligations to their families, to themselves, or to society. There's one striking story that was out that San Francisco once again. I had a bunch of European drug abuse uh, gurus over to look at the injection centers and the free needle uh, places and the rest of it. And the Europeans were aghast to see all the people laying around in their own filth, twitching on the sidewalks, committing crimes, the rest of it. They said, whoa, whoa, whoa. In our programs, everybody understands 100%. You're expected to fulfill your obligations as a citizen. You can't become just a piece of human filth. We won't allow it. And so th- just this this terrible rash of low expectations, I think, is it's kind of a generalized thing. But I think that's one of the big problems yeah. we have in America right now. Mm, love that. And that goes back to raising kids, doesn't it? Right. The hard yeah, yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, I think you were the one who suggested Sebastian Younger's tribe. I think I think I heard it mm-hmm. from you. And yeah. uh, I read it. Of course, it's a fantastic book. Everyone needs to read it many times. And I, I keep thinking of the scene when it was the beginning of World War Two and the Brits were, were getting bombed by the Nazis. And they, people were very worried about what are we going to do with the most vulnerable among us? What are we going to do with the people who are mentally ill in our, in our hospitals? And, uh, you know, when we get bombed. I mean, so then they got bombed and, like, mental illness almost went away. Mm-hmm. It almost disappeared. And the people who were in the hospitals are now driving the ambulances and, and being a part of society more. There was a, there's a reintegration into a society because it mattered. It was, it was more meaningful right now. It was urgent, life or death. And maybe part of this mental illness crisis that we have today, which leads to the homeless crisis, is just a malaise of society and just a purposelessness and a, and a lack of, uh, of meaning. And we see the fruit of that here as well. I think that's part of it. That's absolutely part of it. Can you hang on for a couple of minutes? I'd love to. 
Yeah, why don't we take a quick break and come back? I want to ask you, uh, I'm going to pick at some of my own arguments about the so-called homeless crisis, um, because there is one major flaw, and I'd love to hear uh, if you have any ideas on fixing it. Uh, that confession coming up in moments. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mike Slater is going to be a big giant star someday. Then he won't return our calls. But for now, we're talking to Mike. He's the host of the Mike Slater Show on AM 760 in San Diego. And true story with Mike Slater on the First TV Network. Mike, thanks for hanging around. I feel like uh, you're Johnny Carson. You just called me over to the couch. Right? <laughs> I get invited back for a second segment. My wife's going to say, how'd it go? I'll be like, I don't know. I got a second segment, though. So how? it went pretty well. <laughs> so a couple of things real quick, then we'll dive back into the discussion. Um, Americans are dying by the hundreds of thousands of drug overdoses and poisonings. Because if you think you're taking a Percocet and you get fentanyl, that's not an overdose. That's a poisoning. And yet in certain cities like San Francisco, open-air drug markets were allowed to continue for months and months and months. I was highly gratified to see that San Francisco DA uh, Brooke Jenkins, who replaced the communist Chesa Bodine, um, is re-examining all sorts of drug cases and policies. So good for her. Uh, way to go. Um, so speaking of urban decay, drug abuse, homelessness, that sort of thing, the one thing that I don't think progressives want to talk about mm nor conservatives, for their own reasons, which I'll get into, is the disappearance of the so-called flop houses, the residence hotels. Um, you remember in the Blues Brothers when uh, Aykroyd and Belushi came home and the guy beyond the desk said, you bring my cheese whiz, boy? <laughs> that's, that's one of those residence hotels. They were crappy. They were unpleasant. They were occasionally dangerous. Uh, they were yucky, and you wouldn't want to go in one. But that's where people who couldn't otherwise make their way lived, and we've lost those. The progressives said they're not safe enough. We can do better. 
Mm. But of course, that means you know, building homeless housing for the homeless at five hundred thousand dollars a unit in L.A., for instance. Um, what's the answer to replacing the humble flop house of old? Wow. And I'm not expecting you to have an answer, but. What? Yeah, that's interesting. So I used to live next to one. <laughs> there was one downtown. When I first moved to San Diego, there was one like two doors down. I didn't know what it was. Uh, and I was like, what, what is this hotel that like doesn't, it's on a Hampton Inn uh, until I figured it out. What, what are the drug policies in these places? Because they're not run by charities, right? Right, they weren't. But the the problem was the progressives said they're too dangerous. Um, we can do better. We're not ser- serving our poor people. And so, and I can think of several cities where they literally zoned these things out of existence because they were dens of poverty and iniquity, which put all the people on the street. Meanwhile, in a lot of these cities, the real estate is so valuable. The local conservative committee, the moneyed class, whatever, they're like, yeah, I just built a building full of condos there, so uh, that ain't happening. We're not having a bunch of street people and drug addicts in my building. And so, you know, we've we've zoned ourselves out of where poor people would live. It's mm, really interesting. I have no so, great insight. I can yeah. only, I, I think there's a case study about modern times, because I wonder what's different from then and now uh and uh, maybe the severity the ubiquitousness of drugs is maybe different right because during covid they did the um what they call it uh where they put a uh, project room key where they took all the homeless people and put them in hotels because they were worried that covid was going to sweep right there i don't know how that went exactly but some of the audits i saw was that these places became just like the worst brothels and drug dens imaginable yeah but is it is that better worse than the street? I mean, I'd rather have that than Petco Park in downtown San Diego be a brothel and drugged in. Ugh, it's such right. a mess. I don't know why do it, why do really, conservatives not want it? Well, I just uh, I think because uh, they don't want to give up prime real estate or don't want to talk about the fact that um, you know these mm-hmm. places did used to exist. But the problem is, and it's so frustrating because this is, you know, the challenge of public policy that, okay, you can recognize uh, the, the people who have very, very little, they got to live somewhere. They're not going to become an assistant manager at their local grocery store. They're either, you know, mentally defective or mentally ill, or they've ruined their minds with drugs or, or whatever. Um, where do they go? The problem is, the frustrating part is because of the nature of government, uh, it becomes a giant profit center for crooks who are passing themselves off as do-gooders. I've seen it since I was a kid growing up in Chicagoland. Oh, you mean like the people running the the quote-unquote charities? Yeah, the homeless industrial complex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, if for instance, LA is building a building at six hundred thousand dollars a unit to to house like one person, who somebody's getting that money? <laughs> yeah, so, I, this, I, this is, I have such a punt here, and I don't mean it to be. Uh, there's oh, no, short no, no. term. It's and hard. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's the short-term solutions, and I don't have them. Uh, and then there's the roots of the issue. And uh, I, f- I feel like I'm touching on the truth of that, as we kind of touched about in the last segment. But the what do you do now, ugh, if anyone's had an addict in their family, rock bottom is a long way down. And you think they hit it, and they're not even close. Yeah. And you have someone right, on the so, street, uh, like, what's uh, their rock bottom? I don't know. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, yeah, and the question of do you make it as easy as possible for them yep. not to hit rock bottom? Is that, uh, is that being kind? All right, we've got like, I don't know, 90 seconds, two minutes left. How bitterly, hilariously, just awful is it that Gavin Newsom just got some National Education Award? Yeah, so 
by by every metric, education in California has gotten worse, right? Like, and it's like horrific. It's insult. Like twenty twenty five percent of uh, a fifteen year old in California are, are illiterate, illiterate. Yeah. Right. So like, it's not a education standard. That doesn't. So what it really is, it's about um, all the money that Gavin's been spending on. They call it whole child education. So this is all the woke stuff. This is uh, uh, social emotional learning. This is. Uh, restorative justice. This is teaching transgender stuff to kids or whatever. That's the stuff that we're, we're really teaching kids these days uh, that Gavin Newsom got an award for. <laughs> so that's whole child education. Be on the lookout for that. That's not teaching your kids you know, personal finance and self-defense and public speaking and uh, basic car repair. Like That's whole child education. Uh-huh. That's, not, that's not what this is. This is teaching your kids to find their inner drag queen. Right, exactly, and there are aspects of the uh, the uh, the whole child thing that are fine, but it's it's the wolf in sheep's clothing. It's like yeah. they claim we just want to be able to talk about slavery and racism. No, you don't. You want to indoctrinate kids with the critical race theory garbage and the the anti racism stuff. So yeah, public, there is a giant crisis in public education, oh, and it's spearheaded the bad stuff in California, and he gets an award for it. So I hope he runs for president because it'll be fun to watch him get his hiney kick. Do you think he? Will, do you think he'll be embraced by Democrats across the country or no? I think there's a very good chance he is, yeah. I think he'll be the nominee. I don't see why he wouldn't. Who else? Buttigieg? All right, like, I think it's got to be Newsom. Did you see him at the White House yesterday pretending to be president when Joe wasn't there? Oh, it's brilliant. He walked in. Joe wasn't there. He's in Israel. So he walked into the White House with his jacket off and uh, his sleeves rolled up like it's his house, right? And like waved to the cameras with the three-finger wave, like all casual. Like, hey, guys. hey. Like he pretended to be president for the day. It was brilliant. It was diabolical. Oh, and you know he was fully turgid. Mike Slater, sorry to end on that note. Mike is the host of AM760 in San Diego's The Mike Slater Show. Mike, it's always fun to talk. Thanks a uh, Thanks, Joe. You're the man. All right. We'll, we'll see you later. Ah, man. Gavi, do it, Gav. Do it. It's going to be so wild. You know, predicting exactly what's going to happen is is impossible. That's why they play the games, as they say, in the world of sports. But, yeah, he's he's got a chance. He's definitely one of the golden boys at this point. And, boy, would that be entertaining. Uh, Next hour, good stuff to come. If you can't get next hour, grab it via podcast. Armstrong, you're getting on demand. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.